You're live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. We've got a pretty cool show today. Later on in the program, we'll uh, be learning about netiquette, manners in the digital age, how to behave online. You know, it's funny, Mike, when, you know, when we're kids, our parents teach us, you know, all our manners and how to be respectful for people when you talk and say thank you. But we never got that education on how to do it in the digital age and, and it, online. And it shows for a lot of people. Absolutely. So uh, we're going to be talking to an author. His name is Scott Steinberg. Uh, he wrote a book about netiquette, about how to mind your manners in this digital world that we have. And we're going to learn some tips and tricks, what to do and what not to do online. We'll also be talking with the folks over at Shaw about their new Blue Sky TV. You might have seen a few advertisements for this. I had a chance to get a demo. Uh, it's the new TV platform for Shaw. It is like all kinds of awesome, Andy. Like it blew me away. Well, of course, you haven't stopped talking about it. And you're a guy, you're a picky guy. Well, I know it's hard to impress me, but uh, you got to stay tuned for some of uh, the features of this thing here. It is taking TV to the next level. It's like, it's just integrating everything into one box. Finally. Yes, and if you have a lot of channels, you always have trouble finding that channel that you want to watch with your current cable subscription. Oh, no, there's like 300 channels in that guide. I yes. can never find anything. Exactly. I, I don't have um, a cable subscription at home, but when I go to my parents' house, yeah. and I'm the tech crazy. guy, yeah, and I can't, fig- I can't figure it out. So we're going to learn all about this uh, blue sky and what it means and how it's going to change television habits for the average user. In the news, uh, a lot of stuff here, Andy. This was an interesting uh, article uh, that uh, we came across from Business Insider. Basically, uh, it's uh, the opinion of uh, this one columnist that we're witnessing the slow motion collapse of the smartwatch. And, uh, you know, if you read this article, it's interesting. Uh, Pretty well half of all the smartwatches made and, and sold out there right now are Apple. And everyone else is fighting for the scraps. Yes, and so... On the other side, outside of the Apple Watch, what you have is Android Wear. This is uh, Google's operating system that they have created for smartwatches on the Android side. And they've had a lot of different partners, Motorola, LG, Huawei, Samsung. But what we're seeing now is a lot of those partners are abandoning the whole smartwatch um, platform. For example, I'm wearing an Android Wear one from Motorola they discontinued it. Motorola has said, we're not going to make a smartwatch in the near future. But it, they were so beautiful, the Motorola ones. But what's what's the problem? It's just they're not getting critical mass, I guess. Not, they can't sell enough. Well, like, you know, the tech companies have been looking for the next big thing. You know, if you look, the biggest product category that we have saw was the tablet. Yes. That came out in 2010. Yes. It's 2017. So we're still waiting. What's the next big thing? The smartwatch was supposed to be that. But it kind of is for Apple. Like, Apple, again reinvigorated or created this category and they've done okay. I know a lot of people are saying they're not doing okay with smartwatches, but when you own 50% of that category and you're making billions of dollars, I think you're doing okay. And what was interesting is Apple didn't get into it right away. We saw smartwatches for a couple of years on the Android side. Then you had the other players like Fitbit, uh, the Pebble. Pebble, which is dead. Which is dead. Fitbit is laying off their staff. They're going down right now. And then you got all the other manufacturers like Motorola walking away from this category. But Apple came in late in the game, and they're doing well. You did not wear a watch for years. I hadn't worn a watch for 25 years, Andy. And yes. then I got my Apple Watch, and it was hard. It was like it took me, honestly, about a month to two months to just to even get used to it. It probably would have been the same for any watch I put on my wrist. But what do you use it for? Uh, Is it notifications? The notifications. Uh, I use it uh, for uh, GPS as well. Like when I'm driving, you know, I've got the map program going. Yeah. It vibrates when I need to turn. So I don't have to look down 
at uh, my phone, which I don't want to. But the notifications are fantastic. Uh, it's got the Apple Pay built into it as well, so yes. I pay with my watch. It still freaks people out. I know. I remember when it when it first came out, you were the first person to go and you know to like, the McDonald's drive through. Yeah, and yeah. try to pay with your watch, and everybody's like, "What no, are you doing? No, you can't give us your watch. No, I'm not yeah. giving you my watch. I'm paying." And they're like, they thought it was like voodoo magic. Yeah, but. Uh, when I forget to put my watch on sometimes, I feel naked. Yes. Like there's like a piece of me missing. I don't know if that's good or bad, Andy, but it, it, I love it. At all the fitness uh, aspects built into it, the accelerometers, uh, the heart rate monitor. Uh, it, it's fantastic, the technology. And we saw that story. Remember we were talking about it where a guy, the Apple Watch saved his life, where he was outside and he realized he was about to have a heart attack because uh, yeah. his blood or his uh, heartbeat was going so that fast. That time's coming for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you'll know, Mike. You'll have an advance warning with your Apple Watch. So I don't know if you saw this, uh, Andy. This was another article uh, I came across on Mashable. Uh, Match, match.com, yes. uh, a big singles dating website. They did a survey about uh, uh, people's smartphones and uh, how that related to dating. And essentially, uh, some really interesting st- uh, statistics here. It found that single people who have older model phones are 56% less likely to get a date in the course of a year. Really? Yes. <clears throat> so people luckily, are judging luckily, you. Luckily, you have the latest in smartphones. I always have the latest in <laughs> yeah, you're just You're fighting the women off. <laughs> or are you? I don't know. Uh, but it, it's interesting. Uh, women in particular... Uh, they they don't like outdated devices. They were ninety two percent more likely to judge you for having one. Does it say anything about what platform you're using? If you're on the Android or if you're on the Apple side? Uh, yeah, there was some interesting stuff there. Uh, again, people are judging you. Uh, daters are kind of loyal to their their chosen platform, whether that's Apple or Android. And so, Android users were fifteen times as likely to look down upon you for having an iPhone, while iPhone users were 21 more times likely to judge you poorly for using an Android. So, so essentially, the your smartphone has become that new uh, car. Like People would judge you by what kind of car, car you yeah, drove. Yeah. Now it's uh, what kind of phone you have in your hand. Yeah. And it's something I always do. Whenever I meet somebody, I always ask them, what kind of phone do you have, right? I'm always curious on what they if they if they choose Android or if they go Apple or if they made that switch from one platform to the other uh, it's always interesting in the discussion to have with people uh, and here's interesting uh, open table you know the res- restaurant reservation site uh, they did a survey and they found that 55% of people think it's never acceptable to use your phone during a Valentine's Day meal date however uh, Millennials uh, they didn't have a problem with that Seventy-one percent thought it's okay to break out a out your phone during a a meal. What's that? What's that term that we had? Was it called fubbing? Fubbing. Fubbing, <laughs> where where somebody grabs their phone and starts looking at it. So yeah. then, what people They're do? Snubbing you. Snubbing. So they they do the same thing. So yeah. so if I'm talking to you, you grab your phone. Instead of me getting mad at you, I just grab my phone and I start looking at it, and then we stop talking. It's kind of weird. So uh, just quickly here, the NBA. They yes. are starting their own esports league. Did I yes, read that right? Yes, this this is huge. So what you're going to get is now you're going to see these leagues like the NBA create a esports league to coincide with the professional sports league. So they're going to actually run it out with all 30 NBA teams are going to have an esports division, and each team is going to have made up of five players. So like the best players for NBA 2K, their video game, are going to be able to now you're going to be on a team and have a salary. What? Yes. What? Okay. Okay, so my kids, 
my kids have a shot. Of they going have a pro. shot of of making it. Yes, and they're gonna have. Their they could never fans. make it on a basketball team, but and you could. know what? It just shows how old we are because like kids love watching other kids play video games. It still boggles my mind. But they said in the next couple of years, the NBA or esports are going to be the fourth biggest, um, you know, league sports league. In North America, they're already saying that in the United States, it's going to beat out the NHL as you know one of the most popular leagues, and all the players are getting into this. So, um, interesting times we live in. You got twenty seconds before we hit break and talk about Blue Sky, Andy. The, the contest we're giving away the Moto Z Play smartphone and the Pico projector, the Moto Mod. This is an actual projector that you can attach to your phone and then broadcast right on a wall. You got to check it out. We'll talk more about it later on the show, but go to getconnectedmedia.com to enter and win. When we come back, the future of TV. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. We're broadcasting live on the Chorus Radio Network. Well, we want to talk about uh, television and uh, the future of television. Some uh, exciting news uh, in the past week here. Uh, Shaw has just launched a, uh, a new service called Shaw Blue Sky TV. On the line right now to help us understand what it's all about is Jim Little. He's the uh, EVP and Chief Marketing uh, person over there. Jim, thanks for coming on the show. Mike, great having you. Uh, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Uh, I'm pretty excited about this. I actually got to uh, have uh, a demonstration and walkthrough of this uh, new service, and I have to tell you, it blew me away. I'm, I'm currently a Shaw Gateway customer, which I, I thought was pretty cool, but this is kind of taking it to the, the whole next level. I, I think you know a lot of us are used to uh, getting all our content online now, you know, like the Netflix experience, and this is really kind of aggregating everything into one and making it easy for, uh, for people to, to find the, the shows and movies they want. Yeah, so Mike, uh, that's exactly right. And the, and the more people touch it and roll around in it, the more they are saying that to us. So the reaction so far has been uh, has been outstanding. And we got lucky and made some tough decisions three years ago that led to this. And number one amongst them was uh, getting onto the Comcast roadmap south of the border. So we've we've been uh, knee deep with the Comcast folks, both in Philadelphia and Sil- Silicon Valley, and helping kind of co-create this next generation as it fits into the Canadian context, and we're very happy. Well, that's uh, one of the, the leading uh, platforms out there right now, uh, the Comcast. It's the X1 Infinity platform, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. uh, and so explain to our listeners how their TV viewing experience is going to be different now. I think a lot of people are used to, like, the channel guide and scrolling up and down that and trying to find their program. Uh, it, this blue sky, just it's, it's completely different. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's two main features on a pile of other great benefits, but the two main features, Mike, I think are, uh, it's a voice remote controlled guide. So all of those days of typing and scrolling and waiting and restarting and fighting with your spouse, all those <laughs> all those moments are uh, hopefully gone here. Uh, you just say it and it pops up. And so if you want to watch hockey, you just say hockey. If you want to watch Game of Thrones, just say Game of Thrones. And um, and then the second feature relates to that. Everything in your ecosystem uh, is aggregated by the voice remote and pops up on one screen, and then you just pick where you want to watch it from. That, so that, it, it, it kind of makes it foolproof and uh, and and as easy as pie. I I love that feature. Uh, you know, I, I I search for some movies. Uh, you know, one of them Jerry Maguire, for example, uh, and yeah. it was fantastic because it it gave me all the times that it was available through my, my regular television uh, 
subscription, uh, but also it uh, where it was available for on demand, and uh, you even have Crave TV tied in there as well. So there was multiple places that I could watch it, and it was so simple to get to. Yeah, and 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 that's it. Really merchandises the content uh, better than anything. It allows you to wait if you want to wait. If you want to buy it and watch it now, you can press uh, press watch and and rent. Um, all of your specialty networks, whether it's Crave, uh, you know, Netflix is going to be on the roadmap. All those things will be aggregated and not with a Chromecast or a clunky uh, switch of technology. It'll be right in the same box. So. That's what I love because right now on my, my TV, my main one, I've got like three different boxes going, you know, to get content from different areas. You know, one for Netflix, yeah. I got my Shaw box, and it, it, it's getting a little crazy. So I kind of appreciated the fact that, you know, you've been able to actually tie it all in into an interface that, uh, again, is so deadly simple. Yeah, and it tries its best as well, Mike, to put all the episodes and the windows and seasons uh, all together. So whatever you've got in your ecosystem, uh, there's no more wonder where season two is. Do I have to stop this and go there? Everything pops up and it gives you options to watch. I, I love the fact that I can, you know, if I can't remember the movie title, if I remember a quote from the movie, and, and that's how I found Jerry Maguire. I just said, show me the money, and bam, instantly it popped up. So it's, uh, it's pretty intelligent. It's 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 incredibly intelligent, and you can say you can say very obscure things about 1950s war movies or an actor from the 70s, and just say the name or a line or a famous uh, line of a movie or a show, and it'll pop right up. For sports, now I'm not a huge sports guy myself, Andy. I know you love sports. I and, am and, yes. and hockey. Uh, Jim, tell tell us about the sports angle here, because it was doing some pretty amazing stuff by. Not only having you know your hockey game on, but then you could bring up stats and, and scores from different games going on. So you can do real-time scores and stats. You can double-click and get uh, player stats and information uh, on standings, leagues, uh, where people sit um, in every sport. You click one button, and it pops up on the right of the screen. You can be watching a game and looking at stats all at the same time, so you're kind of never left behind. You don't need to have your tablet on the couch with you anymore. Like it's, you don't, it's, you it, don't no, need seriously. to have your tablet on the couch. And if you want your tablet on the couch, you can do three things at the same time. So it's all fine. <laughs> I, I love the fact, too, uh, that you know, if it's got the built-in recording capability as well. Uh, you know, there's a feature there that it'll actually automatically extend the recording if it goes into the overtime, like the Super Bowl, for example. That's exactly right. And, and it's funny, Mike. Uh, we've only had it a month in the house, and our, our recording habits are already shifting because... Everything's right there, and so your instinct to record actually becomes less. So that's our experience so far. There's also, uh, you know, for families, uh, there's the kid zone uh, as well. And, you know, that's one of the challenges now with all this content that's available uh, online and, and obviously on TV as well, making sure that uh, the, the younger members of the family aren't watching inappropriate things. And uh, talk to us about the kid zone. It's a very robust parental control system around the kid zone, and you actually say kid zone, and you go to a different spot in the system, and so you're actually, if you want, you can have your kids only have access to that spot. So everything that's got a kid's feature shows up in that spot, and then they've they've very very um, easily digested and, and kind of segmented the guide in that spot as well. So it's uh, it's it's like a kid zone in in a zone. Um, and when you're in there, you can't really get out unless you want them to get out. 
So, you know, from what I've seen so far, like this is probably one of the most advanced uh, TV platforms I, I've seen yet. And, I, and again, I love how everything is integrated. Uh, what else is uh, coming down the road? Like what are kind of features are you guys looking at potentially? Yeah, so as we said earlier, Mike, we're, we're really on the Comcast roadmap. Um, and Comcast is now hiring, uh, they have 10,000 engineers so they're, they're the best and brightest people. They're thinking about design. They're thinking about user experience. They're thinking about functionality. And so we're on a, uh, you know, this is the first series of very important um, in-home, um, in-home uh, advancements that they're making. We've got a new in-home high-speed router and modem that's coming. We've got um, XB6, which is a DOCSIS 3.1 that's going to help with congestion, We've got a road to IPTV. So all of those things are coming through the roadmap that we got with Comcast. And it's going to be one very small box in two years that controls all of it. So it'll be your home hub, TV, high-speed internet, uh, in-home Wi-Fi, internet of things. Everything you want to hook up to it will be driven by that one box. Crazy times. So uh, our show broadcasts here uh, across Western Canada. Where, what areas is this uh, available in now, and, and where is it coming to? Mike, you can get Blue Sky TV now in Vancouver and Calgary, um, and it's coming to the whole footprint later this spring. Um, so if, if, uh, if listeners want to go onto the Shaw website, they can get details now. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar in studio. We've uh, still got lots to talk about. Later on, we will be uh, chatting with Christina Stoyanova about her app of the week. But now we want to uh, learn how to be better people online. We have Scott Steinberg. He's the author of Netiquette Essentials, Modern Manners in a Digital World. Thanks for coming on the show, Scott. My pleasure, and you guys are perfect. I don't know if we can get you better, but we'll try and polish it up. <laughs> <laughs> we got lots to learn, trust me. Before we get, uh, and I want to get some tips and tricks here, because uh, this, this book is a wealth of information here. What inspired you to write this? So if you look around you, you can see so many kids on mobile devices. You can see so many working professionals as you're trying to talk to them or connect with them, either walking into polls or constantly staring down at their cell phone screen and batting back and forth between conversation, I realized that quite a bit of the human element of communication was being lost these days. So as much as technology has helped connect us, it's also in some ways bringing us further apart. So I wanted to see what I could do to bridge the gap, especially considering that we're in a rush to put millions of high-tech devices and online tools and social networks in people's hands. We're not so quick to provide some basic education and training as to how they can put their best foot forward online. Let's, uh, I mean, God, there's so much content here, but let's uh, jump into uh, online dating and relationships because it's kind of Valentine's uh, week here. Uh, what, what are some uh, tips uh, you have uh, for the, the daters out there? Well, number one, don't be a toolbox. Be, be, be empathetic and think about the other person's feelings. This is probably a, a good start. So one of the things to keep in mind that when it comes to online dating, you really need to be respectful of others. You need to treat them the way that you would like to be treated. And that's not to say you can't be quirky, you can't be unique, you can't explore your individual personality traits. In fact, the experts argue that you should be more of yourself and put your personality out there if you want to attract someone special. But you need to be respectful of other people's time. You need to be respectful of what you're sending in messages. And of course, it, poor spelling and grammar can reflect poorly on whoever posts it. You really should express your thoughts quite eloquently as best you can. doesn't mean that it has to be longer than two or three lines. And, of course, ghosting and standing people up, bleh, let's try and avoid that. 
I, I saw an interesting uh, uh, topic here, friending and defriending others, including real-life friends and family. You know, you look at Facebook, for example, I think they're nearing on 2 billion active users around the world. Uh, a lot of people are, are, are using it, and uh, I, I get this question a lot, uh, you know, myself, uh, you know, how, how do I behave on Facebook? Like, how, you know, who should I decide to friend and defriend? What, what tips well, do you have? Yeah, that's a personal decision, of course. But at the end of the day, take a look at the person in question. Think about the type of content they're posting. If it's something you're comfortable sharing or interacting with, you have to keep in mind that if somebody puts something online that's controversial or politically charged, and you choose to like or share it and may be seen as an endorsement, you also want to interact with people who are positive influences. That You know what they say about surrounding yourself with negative and grumpy people. And, of course, you want individuals that are going to be respectful of you and your privacy. So most of the time, if somebody is going to post a photo of you online, it'd be great if they actually talk to you about it beforehand, because we all go out, we do doofy, goof, do goofy stuff. But the challenge is a lot of times that nuance and context is lost online. So if we decide to hang out and enjoy ourselves and have a nice night out, we may take some great photos, meet some new friends. Doesn't mean necessarily that those are appropriate for sharing on Facebook. So. You know, really, you got to get to know people, and, and it's best, if you can, stick with people you know in real life or if men as acquaintances. Scott, what's your opinion about uh, expressing your political views online? You know, with this last big U.S. election, there's a lot of people that have defriended because of uh, different views. Myself, and I know Mike does this as well, we don't really talk about political views online because... Oh, if my I've, God, no. <laughs> if, if I've learned one thing, nobody looks at a Facebook post and goes, oh, you're right, you know what, I'm going to change my political thoughts. <laughs> that never okay. happens. So I, I've always wondered why people feel the need to express how they feel online because it's not going to change people's perspective or their own uh, political views. Well, these are sensitive subjects, right? And people are certainly passionate about them, so I can understand why they would want to put their opinions out there. But politics, especially religion, race, gender, these types of issues can be a lightning rod online. And sometimes it's best not to express those opinions. You also have to keep in mind the audience that you're connected with and whether or not friends or colleagues really would want to see that, if it's the type of thing you'd feel comfortable sharing at the office or in public company. I understand a lot of people are, feel very strongly about a lot of subjects, but sometimes maybe better to keep things a little bit more politically correct in tone, no pun intended. I, I have a question for you. Uh, should you befriend your boss online? <laughs> Only if you're comfortable <laughs> with them seeing what you are going to share. And of course, they may not be your boss at some point. So you have to think about upfront whether or not you would like to still be connected with them after you have severed the relationship or parted ways with the organization. Maybe on amicable terms doesn't necessarily mean that you want the guy from the movie Office Space, who was kind of weird and awkward as your boss, still hanging around and seeing what you were up to. It, it's kind of funny because uh, I own an agency. You know, I've got about 20 employees, and a lot of them have friended me over the years on, on Facebook. And I laugh at some of them because sometimes I, it's come up where they've called in sick, and then they're posting <laughs> all over Facebook, you know, all the great lunch they're having with their buddy and, you know, what they're what they're drinking. And I'm like... Oh, come on. You're not that dumb, are you? <laughs> well, they forget sometimes, right? That's the joy of social networks. Very easy to quickly connect with somebody, fire and forget. Like, oh, by the way, I'm still on there and sharing information with you. And by the way, when I decided to, to join the League of Death Metal fans, oh, that was forwarded to the boss. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsie. 
Uh, let's just, just got to exercise a little bit more forethought and, and caution, but that, that certainly wouldn't be the first time we heard about people doing that. You know, if you're going to take a day off, Ferris Bueller style, maybe best to keep that on the down low. Uh, and just quickly, maybe some tips for uh, parents uh, when it comes to their kids and, and social networks. Because, you know, you know, we well, teach our kids, you know, etiquette, you know, be polite to people, always say please, but mm-hmm. we don't always teach them how to behave properly online, I feel. Yeah, exactly. Well, teaching them to be responsible digital citizens is key. I, I highly recommend it, starting the education process early, about six years old, and having a formal conversation with them about what's okay to share online and in public spaces and remind them that in the same way they wouldn't go on a subway platform or a public park and scream things out to the world about where they live and where they're going to be headed in the next few minutes or their favorite places to hang out or their school or their birthday. Probably not a good idea to be shouting out in a public space online. And really, you have to ask them to be healthy skeptics, to question what they see online. Of course, not everything is going to be true, and take it with a grain of salt and understand that they need to think about, before they post, whether they're going to be comfortable with it living online forever, people being able to see that and reference that, and also how messages may be interpreted, because tone of voice and conversational nuances may be lost when you make the move to digital. When we come back from the break, we'll continue to talk to our guest, Scott Steinberg. He's the author of Netiquette Essentials, Modern Manners in a Digital Age. We'll be talking about uh, netiquette when it comes to video chat, video conferencing, and, uh, and meetings as well at work. How to behave properly uh, digitally uh, while you're having meetings uh, with your uh, coworkers and your boss. You're listening to Get Connected. We'll be back shortly after this. We're back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here in studio. we still got lots to talk about. We're uh, learning about netiquette in the digital uh, age. And, uh, of course, later on we'll have Christina Stoyanova with her app of the uh, week. But before we get back to being uh, good citizens uh, online, Andy, the contest once again. Well, it is Valentine's Day coming up, so we're giving a Valentine's Day-related prize. We're giving away the Motorola Moto Z Play smartphone and their projector Moto Mod. This is a Pico projector that you can attach to the back of the Moto Z Play, and then you can project whatever's on your smartphone right onto a wall and have up to a 70 or 80 inch screen. All you got to do to enter and win is go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com, for your chance to win the Motorola Moto Z Play smartphone and the Moto Pico projector Moto Mod. This is a value of almost $600 to $700. You got to go to our website to enter and win. GetConnectedMedia.com. We're talking about being uh, kind online. We've got Sky- Scott Steinberg, author of Netiquette Essentials Modern Manners in a Digital World. Thanks again for uh, joining us on the show, Scott. Hey, my pleasure, uh, and we will be very kind to listeners today, hopefully offer some <laughs> helpful tips. Before we get into some more tips here, where can people get your book? They can go to either Amazon.com, or you can check out my website. It is www.akeynotespeaker.com. Again, that's akeynotespeaker.com, and you can get all sorts of insights and guides, and hopefully we can help you out. Let's talk about work now, using devices during meetings. And, you know, this is kind of an ongoing struggle that we have uh, in our company. We have meetings. People got their laptops out. uh, They've got their smartphones. And, uh, you know, I find, and I'm guilty of this as well, not always engaged in the meeting at hand. Other things are kind of filtering in. What are some tips uh, and tricks there? Well, if you're in a meeting or you're in a shared public space, best to turn the ringer on your device off and not check it until afterwards. If you can't avoid having to take a call or email, if it's a call, I would politely excuse yourself from the room and try and re-get back in as fast as possible. And if it is an email, I would, if somebody is speaking to you and addressing you directly, 
look up from the device and make eye contact with them while you're connecting. Although it's also very helpful, of course, to send an away message on your device or email, letting people know that you are out of office or in a meeting, that the responses may be delayed a little bit. Really best to focus your attention and be present as possible. Scott, one thing I've noticed myself doing, I, I wear a smartwatch and I have it tied to my phone. So if I do get a <laughs> notification, I just quickly glance at my watch. Is that a better way to do it? Or so I just stop looking at my watch during meetings? No, absolutely. That's a great way to do it. So more and more devices like the Apple Watch or the Fitbit Charge allow you to get those texts on your wrists or emails. And it's a very surreptitious way that you might be able to check it without alerting everybody to the fact that you're doing so or interrupting their experience. That's really what we're talking about is not interrupting and kind of messing up the flow for them so that they realize that you are present and they're present as well. What about uh, video chatting, video conferencing? Uh, you know, I'm seeing that more and more uh, in, in the workplace, uh, you know, Skype interviews and things like that, but also personally, you know, doing FaceTime with friends and, and family. What are some things that we should be aware of? First rule, wear pants. Always come to <laughs> Andy? <laughs> okay. So I'm guilty on that one. <laughs> Second piece of this is to think about what's in the background and the settings. And do you have goofy photos up or silly stuff that maybe isn't appropriate for work? Something else you should do before video conferencing would be test the connection. Make sure everything is going to work in sync so you don't have to deal with hiccups in the middle of the event. And you also have to think about when video conferencing is appropriate. Sometimes face-to-face or phone call maybe makes more sense. But of course, video conferencing also could be a very powerful way if you need to connect with clients to establish a little bit more of a personal rapport. So just have to keep these things in mind. One thing, uh, Scott, I always recommend for people, I'm an audio guy. I, I, I really hate it when you do a conference, but there's so much echo. It's like, if you can, make that investment in an external microphone if you're going to be doing a lot of those video conferencing. And also get the lighting right, too, because you want to make sure people can see you and hear you well. Yeah, don't sit in front that's of a right. window. Yes, that's yeah. true. Well, it's, all, yeah. it's all about the professionalism and the image you project. So it's one of the funny things we always tell people from a branding and marketing standpoint or sales standpoint. If you're going to skimp on something, it should not be presentation. Scott, I want to talk about um, another social network, LinkedIn, you know, for business professionals. I've had this motto where if I had had any kind of email correspondence with somebody, then it's fair game that I would add them on LinkedIn. What do you think about that? I think that's appropriate. I think if you've got them as a passing connection and you're going to keep it professional and business-related, there's no reason that you shouldn't be able to connect with them on LinkedIn. And that way you can keep them appraised of some of your activity and some of the stuff you're going in a space where they would be expecting to see that. So rather than adding them to an email newsletter or something that may be more intrusive, I don't have a problem with that. You know, one of the biggest faux pas really is, though, like when you get these messages on LinkedIn where they're asking for business. Oh, that drives me mental crazy and that's become one of the hottest new things now so maybe one thing to know is you should never just like cold ask somebody for business right off that if you want to connect with them on linkedin and you don't know them that's okay but maybe send an email explaining who you are and why you might want to be in touch but think about how you can incentivize it for them. maybe compliment them on an article they wrote or ask them if they might like a free copy of your business's new book or if they're involved in some sort of public initiative or charity that you can support and help get behind how could you or your organization help them in that mission. You don't want to ask for something. What you want to do is try and give something and help them. And later on down the line, once you've established some sort of relationship and gotten to know them, then maybe you could ask for something in return. Uh, Scott, we got about a minute left. One thing that really bugs me about LinkedIn is some people think it's Facebook and they post pictures and content of their, their family or, or their, their night out. Or their puppies. Or their puppies. <laughs> that Mike's guilty yep. for that one. Yep. What, uh, what kind of content should people be putting on LinkedIn? 
professional content, 110%. Anything that you would share at the office, that's what should go there. Anything that you would not share at the office, keep it off. You want to try and keep it up to speed. You want to keep it professional, polite, uh, and you really want to have that authoritative air to it. You want to have that expert air to it. it. It's really a place for business to be done. So LinkedIn is not really where you want to be posting informal things, although I did realize the other day we, we posted some online dating etiquette rules. So on the bright side, hopefully we help some working professionals, at least I think that's what I'm telling myself. We've been talking with Scott Steinberg, author of Netiquette Essentials, Modern Manners in a Digital World, available on Amazon. Highly recommended. This thing is chock full of great advice on how to behave uh, on everything from Facebook to video conferencing to helping your kids uh, online as well. Scott, thanks for joining us. Hey, my pleasure, guys. Thanks again for the time. Again, Scott Steinberg, when we come back from the break, we still got a lot more tech to talk. And, of course, we'll be hearing from Christina Stoyanova with her app of the week. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here in studio. It's that time of the week. We've got Christina here with her app of the week. Thanks for coming in studio. Thanks for having me. What do you got? I have a Valentine's Day app for you. Oh, perfect. What is it? Yes, it's called Couple, um, and it's an app for both Android and iOS. Cool. But basically, it creates a private network for you you and your significant other. Like a chat program? Uh, it does a lot of things. You can actually video message each other. You can chat. You can send little stickers to express moods. Um, you can send photos, all sorts of things. And so how is this? Uh, is it like Bluetooth that is doing this through? No, no. It, it's just um, over data. Over data. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it just keeps that stuff in one place. So it actually creates like a little timeline of your relationship. Ah. It keeps it all in one place and it keeps it off of your social networks. You know, those people who post the lovey dovey pictures all the time. Yeah. That drive yeah. me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like, this, and, like Andy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't post nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should start Andy. Well, maybe I should start using this app. Maybe yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what's yes. it called again? It's called Couple. Couple. Yeah. And uh, obviously great, uh, not only for Valentine's Day, but all year round. Yeah, it's great just because it also lets you set reminders. Don't forget your anniversary, for example, things like that. That could uh, be birthdays. good. Birthdays. That could be good. All sorts of stuff. So yeah, all year round. And uh, do people have to pay for this? No, it's free. And so how do they make money? I always wonder that too, Mike. Yeah. Everything's free. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> There's no free lunch. Yes. So can you buy things on it? Um, no, I don't think there are any in-app purchases. Um, but I'm guessing there's probably some sort of ad model, right? Yeah. Or oh, there... no. You know what? I stand corrected. It does offer in-app purchases. Of course. And plus, yes. they're probably tracking all my information and selling it. Probably. Yeah, of course. <laughs> that was what you consent to, right? <laughs> Yes. Very, very cool. So, uh, again, uh, available on both platforms, Android and iOS? That's right. Very cool. Andy, the contest one more time. Well, speaking of Valentine's Day, we have a nice Valentine's Day prize. We're giving away the Motorola Moto Z Play smartphone and the Pico Projector Moto Mod. This is a tiny little projector that you can attach to the Moto Z Play and then broadcast whatever is on your smartphone right onto a wall. I believe up to 80 inches you can get a screen with this Moto Mod. It makes a fantastic Valentine's Day gift. You don't have to pay for it because you could win it. Just go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com to enter and win the Moto Z Play and the Pico Projector Moto Mod. 
want to thank you for tuning in today's show. Of course, uh, Andy, uh, my producer and co-host, and Christina, as always, for coming uh, in, and the rest of the Get Connected team. And don't forget, you can always visit us on our website, getconnectedmedia.com, and our Facebook page uh, as well, where we're posting all the latest content on all the latest gadgets and tech news as well. This is Mike, Andy, and Christina logging off. We'll see you again next time.